If you're still on the hunt for a sports book to call home, bet the nonstop action of March Madness with MyBookie. Enter bracket contests for a chance to take home prizes of up to $25,000 or pick from a huge selection of straight bets, props, and odds boosts. Whatever your style, MyBookie makes it easy to play your way and get paid. Sign up now and take advantage of our generous welcome offer to score a massive first deposit bonus of up to $1,000. All you have to do is claim promo code MADNESS50. But the fun doesn't stop there. Get up to the minute odds, free bets, and expert predictions to help you decide who to put your money on. The best part about MyBookie? You can bet on anything, anytime, from anywhere. Use promo code MADNESS50, that's MADNESS50, to secure your limited-time welcome bonus today. It's time for the Jeff Cameron Show in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. go through the break. We come out of the break. We find out Jaheim Bell has committed to Florida State. Tied in 6'3", from South Carolina. He was a junior uh, there. He makes his way to Tallahassee now. As I said last hour, originally born in Lake City, Florida, went to high school at Valdosta, and is a kid that, um, hey, I think could play a huge role for Florida State right off the bat. His time in South Carolina was fruitful couple of things. Tom, he, by the way, first year there, honor roll student. He was also a fall academic honor roll student. So he's a smart kid, hard worker, dedicated, focused in the classroom. You care more about the field, me too, but this is always an added bonus that he's a second team all-SEC player, according to Pro Football Focus. He was productive, uh, to say the least. He kind of lined up all over the place, including in the offensive backfield. He was a playmaker and a matchup problem for most of the defenses he faced. He was considered to be one of the top returning tight ends in the country. He's athletic, explosive, he's versatile. He was, as I said, a preseason second team All-SEC, that according to Athlon and others. Uh, He had a game for the ages against North Carolina, by the way, in their bowl game uh, a year ago, the Dukes-Mayo Bowl. 31 career receptions, 526 yards, five touchdowns, 18 career games, including five starts, two top games by a tight end in school history in South Carolina and receiving yards. Had 159 against Carolina, 138 against Vanderbilt. Also carried the football out of the backfield, as we mentioned. So he's versatile, and he's now a knoll. And they've got the H-back that they've been looking for. What was it Mike called it? Originally when he got here, we said that that position – you and I thought of it as an H-back, but it wasn't called an H-back in his offense. I can't remember what he called it. I remember that press conference. But the bottom line is it's a position that we have had a huge need of for a while. And it's a guy who I think comes in and does get significant playing time from the get-go. Good. Man, I tell you what. 
all we need to do is take a couple days off, come back in and summarize all the gets. They're happening so fast. I need to go get the old Mike Martin clip from the montage. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Because those are the answers that Florida State is getting right now from all of these guys, it seems. Yes. That's an easy sell at this position to this yeah. young man. It really is. Uh, I, I don't see how it couldn't be. Um, you you look at what he can do, what kind of a player he is, his body type, and the production in the SEC, this is a no-brainer. This is Here he is. And by the way, when he committed, you saw the badass. He wore the white helmet, Tom. Yes, he did. The all-white White unis. on white unis. Looking smooth. Let's go. Welcome to town, young man. Can we fast forward to the next football season? Can we start a new season? Start a new season. Come on down with all of our new party favors here. Let's get started. I've been waiting on that position specifically. This feels like a weight has been lifted. I don't coach there. I don't play there. I, I don't call plays there. I've just thought for the longest, man, can you get a guy at a position you said you thought was of vital importance to your offensive success when you arrived? Please go get one of those guys. Ah, it's happened. I'm not telling you he's, you know, Gronk. I'm just telling you that guy is versatile and he'll be utilized in this offense in a way that none of the chips that he's had to use on the board could be. This just gets even more fun because we've talked about this. Prize Picks is one of the sponsors that we have on the show and we you know try and break down mm -hmm. week in and week out. Sometimes Florida State games and sometimes not. But outside of Jordan Travis and of late, you know, towards the end of the season, Trey Benson, it's really hard to go into one game with this offense and figure on who is going who to be the producer. To stop? Yeah. Who's the oh, producer? Oh, if you're trying to win money, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So, you know, if Johnny Wilson. It's I just bet totals, Tom. I keep going north of whatever they've got for us. Well, but here's the point. You know, it's Johnny Wilson. could be 52 and a half yards receiving. You're like, well, probably, but, you know, maybe not. Micah Pittman, 26 and a half. That, man, that's low. But you know what? He could have 15 yards, and he'd be a big player on, on punt returns. Pokey Wilson, go on down the line. Here's another guy that just make because the point is that's not just for the better, but how about the defensive coordinator trying to scheme against this offense? I don't know which way it's coming, and the thing about getting a guy like this, a Swiss Army knife as he is, oh my God, you've just added so many more elements to what you can do on a week in and week out basis. This just got even more nightmarish to prepare for the Florida State football offense, and that's amazing because it already was borderline elite heading into next year, and now it just got more difficult to prepare for. Well, I don't think that the question marks surrounding this football team going into spring and then later you know, fall camp when we roll around to next season are going to reside anywhere close to... like We'll have six questions about the defense before we get to a single question about the offense. I mean, you just... What did you do the last six games of the year, the last four games of the year? What... What did we we didn't even spend I don't know even pregame show elements Tom we didn't spend a lot of time whatsoever on talking about our offense versus their defense no matter the opponent 
I mean, yeah, you had to point out matchups in certain areas that concerned you if there was a, a good pass rusher or there was a, you, you know, maybe an elite corner. You would highlight the playmaker on the other side, but it wasn't because it was going to be a situation in which you thought Florida State would be stymied for long periods of time. It's just that they were playmakers and they could help change the game. Maybe they, you know, could get to Jordan or something like that. We pretty much only spent time talking about, well, is this defense for real? I know the numbers are saying they're real, but let's all admit that they're facing offenses that have been hamstrung either by injury or they couldn't block us or whatever it might be. They really struggled. And so heading into this bowl season, heading into the offseason, all the questions are about the defense, and now you've just assured that that's even more true than it was prior to today. I mean, getting that guy, this was the guy they circled. This was a guy that when I talked to Michael last week, when you talked to him yesterday, and really anybody that covers recruiting, they thought, well, if they could get that kid, they've got a difference maker. Now that room gets really interesting because we, we kind of talked early last hour about powers, uh, you know, maybe getting the extra reps and the opportunities. They don't have to worry about losing his red shirt. He's going to probably play quite a bit. He'll certainly benefit from the extra practices heading towards the bowl against Oklahoma and the Cheez-It Bowl in Orlando on the 29th. So we, we kind of knew, all right, well, that's good. He was a high-profile recruit. Sometimes it takes a while to adapt, and obviously he's got to get – he had to get, you know, big-time college football ready. But he's a talented kid. He was a four-star tight end at a high school, out of Texas. So you have him on the roster, and you held out hope that he could be a difference maker maybe next year or the year after. You have Marcus Douglas, who I like a lot. I, I think he fills a nice role. I think he's only going to get better. But now you have this kid, and this is a kid that's done it at the SEC level, and he's done it in a variety of ways. So welcome in, Jaheim Bell, and uh, good get Florida State's coaching staff yet again. Just another name to add to uh, the, 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 well, the multitude of guys they continue to bring in that we think are going to fall under the umbrella of transfer portal successes. Round out a couple more names on the offensive line. You know, uh, interior prospects perhaps as transfer portal yeses to FSU, and you're getting more and more robust in goal line sets. That's the first thing I thought of with this guy outside of the obvious Swiss Army knife in the passing game. Can you run it? But, you know, multiple tight end sets, third and short, second and goal, whatever it is, especially if you get the Morlock kid too. But you put Marquiston and this guy and DJ Lundy on the field at the same time with Trey Benson at tailback. Buddy, you're getting better in situations, too. It's not just about the multitude of what can happen on first and ten. It's when you got to have it, this is a piece that can help you. Show you what you're going to do, show the opponent what you're going to do, and still go get it. But you need some more help in the interior of the offensive line to get there. I think they'll get that, too. I mean, I, I now it's, it's becoming apparent that a lot of kids understand transferring to Florida State is transferring to a program that is on the come and that has maximized maximized players' potential. So you're bettering yourself. You're giving yourself a greater opportunity. You're going to a place that has done it, proven it with other transfer portal guys, and now they're winning games, and now they have real momentum, and now they're filling out the roster in a way that complements you and everybody else that they brought in over these last several commitments. And I, I just, mm, good news, man. That's uh, well. I guess I'm, I'm not. I'm not surprised. We 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 heard last week that there was a chance that they'd get one, if not both, these guys. And I don't know as much about the Morlock kid. 
Uh, Bell's highlights you can readily find easily, obviously, at South Carolina. Is the Morlock kid the shorter kid? I mean, the shorter school. He went yes. to the school he shorter. Yes, he went to shorter, yeah. but he's very tall. Yes, yes, he is. He's 6'7". Yes. Yeah. This would be your more traditional end-of-the-line yes, slash slot be. receiver yeah. type, you know, Cam McDonald type, if you're just thinking about what we already had on the roster. And then you've got a true Swiss Army knife who can line everywhere in the field, line up everywhere in the field in Bell. I mean, this just this gets real fun real fast. This offense is already going to be fun next year. And you're right. When we get into the preseason question marks, yeah, it, the, the question mark for the offense is how do you keep everybody happy now? It's a lot yeah. of dudes, and there's only one ball. I hope to be asking that question every year. Yeah. That's like, you know, you only hear that question asked about teams that are fairly prolific, and they have elite players that want the ball, and they're all productive when they have it. You know, that's the only time that ever comes up. Like, well, you know, he's got four really good receivers. Oh, well. <laughs> I mean, that'll work. And winning tends to take care of that. Even, you know, you saw it last year. Micah did not. You know, fill the stat sheet. It wasn't like Micah Pittman was out there making, you know, five catches a game. We thought he could be a difference maker for this team, and he was. But it wasn't wasn't as a receiver, meaning receiving the football on a regular basis. He did. He had some moments, had some games. But he's a kid that did a lot of things well that you had to respect, you had to account for, who also would block until the very end of that play on into the bench. I love that. He'd get under people's skin. This, that's the other thing. The roles for these guys have been clearly defined. That's something the coaching staff deserves a lot of credit for, too. Getting kids to buy into roles, figuring out where you could best use them, but also utilize the skill set and then convince them that this is where they're needed and that if they do these things right, they'll get noticed regardless of you know the numbers. They've gotten kids to buy into that time and again. So uh, I don't I don't worry about it. I just don't worry about it. And I do think that I, now you want to see, and throughout the rest of this week, I suppose, because it seems like every day we've got another Christmas present. Do they bring in a linebacker? Do they bring in a defensive end? Do they bring in a defensive lineman? Do you bring in an interior guard like you talked about on offense? Like, Kind of just cherry-picking what you need here because you can. Yeah, the kid from UTEP who visited this weekend – I think he was listed at 6'6 or 6'7 himself. And uh, Michael told me last night on the Smash, he was chuckling. He goes, nah, he's more like 6'3. Probably more like 6'3, but definitely a, a body type that you can use, you know. But it's not, he's not Michael Orr or he's not Orlando Pace, you know. So UTEP might just get a little egregious with their listings. What do you think you are? Maybe that's what they ask yeah, players. Yeah. How tall do you think you are? 6'6? Sounds good. <laughs> We're going to list you there. But. Yeah, if they can close on perhaps that particular prospect or a couple of others, then you have some more versatility that you could move around a Bless Harris or Robert Scott or any any of these guys. They like to cross-train anyway. I would just love for it to feel heading into this season kind of like it did last year that you've got three or four strikes if injuries rise up and get you on the offensive line. You can weather Three well, that's, four. And that's harder to do. Typically, the kind of injuries we had last year would have been a, a real difficult thing to overcome. Credit to them for identifying players that they could bring in both to compete for starting job, but also be very capable backups if those starters went down. Now, you did that last year, and you did it with Dimitri Emanuel. You found a backup to bless Harris in the form of Jazz Turrentine. You did that. You lost Caden Lyles. Like, just saying this out loud, again, it reminds you of how many people they did lose. 
but and the replacements were, you know, I they weren't plus players at every in every situation, but they weren't detriments to your team. They 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 were solid. You'd love to get even more reinforcements there because if you had another three go down like that, I don't know that you can count that you'd be able to keep overcoming that. No, I think if you were to go left to right currently, mm-hmm. it's Robert Scott. Yeah, he just resigned. Your left guard immediately. That's one. By of the your way, tough the Robert questions. Scott thing. Sorry, Tom. The the Robert Scott thing was important. Offensive linemen, and I brought this up on Friday show. Offensive linemen are one of the players position, uh, one of the positions I should say, that are being um, elevated in terms of the marketplace. Like lots of schools are making a run at offensive linemen, trying to woo offensive linemen away from institutions, uh, probably illegally so to some extent. That is a position where programs were willing to spend above and beyond the the value, what the ordinary value of said player would be, whatever that production was. They, they were willing to spend more. So when Florida State retained Robert Scott, it's not that I think Robert Scott is an all-time great offensive lineman, but he's a good offensive lineman for you. And that was another sign, kind of a subtle sign for people who understand the run on linemen that's going on that the new collective battles in was for real. Because they, pro- they probably, in my estimation, had to overpay for Robert Scott is what I'm getting at. Could be. Yeah, and again, so you start with him at left tackle and you go immediately to left guard and you got a question. Like, who, who's your best guard on the team right now? Is it Darius? Ugh. Is it Estes? It'll be Estes if technique-wise he can figure it out. Look, he's is the it- strongest offensive lineman on your team. He is he's an ornery SOB, and that's a compliment. Uh, so he's mean and he's strong. And he's not unathletic. So if you just, from a technique standpoint, that's the only time I ever see him getting yelled at, is from a technique standpoint. Mm-hmm. A lot. Well, he gets yelled at a lot for that, right? That's why I, I brought it up that Alex Atkins said to him at practice one day, hey, we need backups too. Made me laugh. But I'm just telling you, like, but, I'm sure by now, with that repetition and the expertise of Atkins, yes, he will start at guard. Yes. It, I, it's I, telling that when you get there, though, you start to wince. You know, hmm. Yeah, you're not elite it, there. It, you're it not could a, be Darius. I, well, I think, honestly, you know, you're trending towards Bless Harris maybe playing guard to start next year. Are you really going to have Armella come off the bench? No, you're not going to have Armella come off the bench. Right. He's going to start for you, yeah. So let's just say that maybe Scott moves into play guard. And Armella plays left, and Bless plays right. So one of your top three tackles, because currently, as it stands, your top three tackles are Robert Scott, Bless Harris, and Julian Armella, in no particular order, two and three. Yeah. So one of those guys could play guard for you. All right, there's an answer. Maurice Smith could play center. I don't know how aggressively they're pursuing or what their thought is on getting Caden Lyles back for another year of eligibility. Yeah, I don't either. I mean, Thomas Schrader? Estes? Well, here's the thing. The the Schrader situation will be interesting to watch. I like Schrader. I do. I think from a athleticism standpoint, body type standpoint, I think they thought at some point he was going to be a viable option. But remember, don't forget about the young guys that came in this past year that we feel like can play. You know. And spring camp will go a long way. Go a long way. Go a long way. You get this UTEP kid, you've got another option in the interior. Schrader is 6'5, 310. You Uh, can't try. If you're leaning on him to be a part of your two deep as a lock, 
you're doing your your position a, a disservice. He's got to be able to prove it. He has to be a luxury item. He can't be a. Can I Charlton? Spring is going to be huge. Spring's going to be for huge him. for him. He's got a chance. Yeah, he's got a real chance. That's why I'm thinking about the young kids. I'm just going through it in my head. The young kids. They that move we Woody like. to defensive tackle. So he's out. Yeah, Jalen early. They like him at tackle. Yeah. But hey, you know what? They do like to move guys around, so it's possible. But I, I think you need two. I think you need two offensive linemen. UTEP kid could be one. Go get you another one for the interior, and then you can play around with whatever your best five. I, I think Estes is going to start there in the interior somewhere. He will. Um, good problems to have, man. Good, yeah. Let's, I, I want to have boring discussions about how many players Florida State has to choose from from each position. Like I don't. I hate the discussion where we're like, "Yeah, I guess we could start him." That's not a fun discussion. It's a lot more fun to go, well, who, who do you take? These three bastards are all good. Could you move him over? We're just trying to get the best five. Yeah. Like, those are better conversations. An annual discussion of who are we going to lose to the portal because we've got too many good players. Yeah. yeah. But then usually that counter in that annual discussion uh, these days, it's <laughs> we make it sound like it's been years, but these days that discussion is usually like, well, they don't want to leave, Tom. They're happy here even, even when they're not starting. Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. The Jeff Cameron Show, brought to you by Orange Theory Fitness, two Tallahassee locations, Midtown on Thomasville Road, and Northside in the Village Common Shopping Center. Online at orangetheoryfitness.com. Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV, and we can celebrate. We were hoping it would happen while we were on the air. You never know with these things, timing. But uh, there was a real strong feeling that Florida State had a great opportunity at uh, a couple of different tight ends. And, and, hell, they may not be done with the way things have gone right now. Seemingly anybody they have their eyes set on, they have a good chance to bring in. Jaheim Bell being the latest young man from South Carolina. Swiss Army knife of a player, a kid that's lined up in the backfield, run the football successfully, caught the football at the tight end position successfully. Mike Norvell talked a lot about his offense when he first got here and how that player, that type of player, H-back, the way we would more traditionally look at it, was going to be of vital importance. And let's be frank, they've had to run a bunch of different guys out there over the last couple of years that played the role, but none of them were elite-level players. They were just filling the spot until you could find somebody that truly was uh, perfect for the position. I think that's the best way to say it. It's hard. It's a hard position to find because some guys are too big, not fast enough to be in the backfield, maybe not able to get out there and, and get some of those blocks out on the edge that you'd want. Other guys aren't good enough of a receiver to catch the football. Other guys can't block as a tight end because they're not big enough. You want to find that perfect mix. This kid seems to be um, I mean, ideal given his highlight reel at South Carolina and the SEC and his accomplishments there. Corey Clark joins me right now. He of the Warchant.com family, of course. Hello, good sir. We got us one, buddy. We got Man. one. You got one of your tight ends. Aren't you happy? Oh, Aren't you happy? I've been waiting for how long, man? I, you, Too you've heard long. Me bitch since about, O'Leary. Yeah, since O'Leary is right. And you've heard me bitch about it at practice a ton. I just mm. sit out there and watch those kids and go, uh, these guys are all bums. <laughs> well, and I would say let's not call these student athletes bums. You say that, They're but then I hard. just repeat myself. Yeah, no, this uh, this is a big one, man. Uh, you, you know, look, going into the portal season, 
we kind of thought, and we still do, most of the uh, most of the holes that will need to be filled, even they're not even holes, they're just divots, maybe, mm. that need to be filled are on the defensive side of the ball. Um, the one area on offense, for sure, that you knew you needed something, I thought, was tight end. Um, because this offense was really good already. Now imagine having an NFL dude, and I think this guy's an NFL tight end, adding him to the mix. With, I mean... Norbell designs so many wide open plays for tight ends. Yep. It's unbelievable. And imagine instead, and no offense to, to Cam McDonald or Marquiston Douglas, we love you, Biscuit, you know that, but imagine having an NFL tight end on the receiving ends of some of those plays. They can turn a 12-yard screen into a 40-yard touchdown. I think that's what this guy has, man. I think he is a he is a difference maker at a position where you don't see a ton of difference makers outside of Athens, Georgia. You just don't see a ton of them. I think this guy is one of those guys, and I think he's going to play on Sundays. Yeah, and, you just got him in the portal. For and, a and the key, Corey, is that in places where they do have elite offenses and are vying for championships, you do traditionally see some really good tight ends. You, you, you find them there. But they are hard to find because it's a unique skill set to have the, the requisite size, speed, hands, Blocking ability is very rare. This guy already has that, and you've seen it on film in the toughest league in the game. Yeah, he. You know, I, I looked him up. I didn't know his size. I'd seen him play because I watched. Yeah. Uh, you know, I watched the AM game. I watched what they did to Tennessee. Holy moly! Um, he's six three, two thirty. Um, he's a big dude that can move. And you know, what's interesting with him is last year he had a great season. He had like I think twenty nine catches for five hundred yards yeah. as a tight end and not a good offense. And then this year he had like three hundred yards receiving, but they also had him in the backfield. I mean, he had seventy carries, Jeff. Yeah, seventy in the SEC as a quote unquote tight end. So if he's that good to be getting six carries a game in that offense. Then what is how good how must how talented must he be where he could you know I you know I'm sure they'll give him some into rounds here at Florida State but I don't know if you've noticed Jeff they got some guys to hand the ball to they don't probably need to use Jaheim Bell as a ball carrier that much but they really need a guy number one that can block on the edge but also is a uh, is a pass catching threat and a home run hitting threat at that position which I think this dude is yeah well it's a matchup situation you're just trying to create mismatches with linebackers and safeties. And you could do it out of that position with a guy of this size. I would wonder, Corey, I don't know the answer to this. We, you're right. The, the, the backfield's full for Florida State. But we do talk about the need to be tougher in short-yarded situations, the need to be tougher in goal-line situations. I don't know, without watching him as a runner consistently, whether he'll be that guy. I know they had to use Lundy in that situation. But now you have a guy who's done it to the tune of 70 carries. I imagine those were situations in which they were trying to bang out a yard or two. Yeah, but he also would do some end rounds, man. And again, yeah. we're talking about the SEC. Um, you know, all hail the SEC, right? But we're talking about the SEC, and he's running end rounds against in those games. That's the kind of athlete you're talking about. But yeah, he's obviously adept at carrying the ball. And when you get in short yardage, maybe when you're in the goal line, you don't have a linebacker right. that gets two touches a game, two touches a season trying to score a touchdown against LSU or whatnot. You have a guy that's had a hundred touches in his career 150 touches in his career trying to do that it just man you, you talked about you called him a swiss army knife that's a really good that's a really good uh you know phrase for him because that's exactly true he can line up in a number of different ways for you he also might be a guy that can go make those tough catches in the end zone um but but either way you have one of the best offenses in the united states and i think we would both agree that if you had a deficiency 
It was probably a playmaking tight end. And, oh, yeah, you just got that now. So, again, going into next season, I know we still got a game left. Here at War Chant, we don't look ahead. <laughs> we concentrate solely on Oklahoma. But when you do maybe peak the, just a little the, bit the ahead. The big Oklahoma man, game. Yeah, when, when you peak a little bit ahead, that that this offense coming back in intact. Now you got maybe got to go get another lineman now. But then mm-hmm. aren't you done, you think? In on the offensive side of the ball, don't you think everything you're else done is on the defense? One more lineman? Well, I mean, what I like is knowing that no matter how many more pieces they want to bring in, whether it's two or three more pieces on offense or only one, and the rest on defense, they got a good shot, man. We felt this momentum happening at the end of last year going into the season. We knew they had to put together a great year to carry it over and create, you know, the so called, I get tired of the phrase, proof of concept, but it happened. And then. They've done, I don't know, wonders in the transfer portal as an illustrator to go along with those wins of what's possible if you leave an SEC school and come here to Tallahassee or if you come from a different conference. I mean, they've done it with a lot of different kinds of guys, but specifically out of the SEC, they've hit home runs here, and they've brought guys in, and and they've won games now, and they've also improved those guys' stock. And shout-out to South Carolina. Yeah, thanks, South Carolina. I don't South know when and why it became a feeder <laughs> program to Florida State. Yeah, Care Thomas, rest of these guys. Come on down, everybody. Jamie Robinson, yeah. I mean, one of the better safeties you've, you've had this decade. Uh, I mean, like the last 10 years, not obviously the 2020s. He's clearly the best of the 2020s. But when you look at Keir Thomas and what he did for a year, Jamie Robinson, what he's done for two years, and now you're getting the number one tight end on the transfer market, all from Columbia, South Carolina, man. Props. I never thought Good I'd job. say that. Good never job, thought Gamecock. I would say that. There he is. He's lead rider for Warchant.com. He's my friend, more importantly, Corey Clark. Goodbye, sir. That was fun. Peace. Later. How about that? That was good. You don't have your mic on. Oh, I was talking to Matthew. Sorry, oh. Director Matthew. I thought you were saying something to me. Well, I'm saying today's a good day, buddy. That's hey, what I'm saying. Hey, throw up Michael Langston for two seconds. I want to ask him something here quick before we go to break. And 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 I talked to Mike. Mike, good to see you again, as always, brother. Um, hey, hey, so that other kid, the other tight end, Kyle Morlock, uh, 6'7", that's the 6'7 tight end we were talking about on Friday, yes? Yes, that is correct. Uh, <laughs> visited over the weekend, Kyle Morlock from Shorter University, Division II. Um, before you ask me, uh, Jeff, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read your mind. Uh, yes, he is a take still, uh, despite what happened with Jaheim Bell today, which, by the way, I think – is the best offensive addition uh, from the portal that Mike has, has landed. Um, this is massive. This was kind of the guy that jumped out to me. I thought, like, uh, this guy changes dramatically your offense and what he does, the way he runs, the way he catches, the, the way it opens up other guys. So this is massive news. This is massive. So he is still a take. Morlock is still a take yeah. at 6'7". And then you heard Corey and I, I think you heard, you were in the, in the green room there, you heard Corey and I talking uh, is that it on offense, or are we looking at specifically an offensive lineman that you have in mind, or more than that, on that side of the ball? I think they still want two or three offensive linemen. Um, as far as receivers, not not likely. I think they feel good about what they have, and if they add a receiver, it's going to be high school. But I think from the offense, it's really just the offensive line. Uh, after that, I think they want to add like two or three guys, mostly interior as we talked about uh, on on Friday, Jeff, mm-hmm, I, I mm-hmm. think I think it's interior guys. They want guards. They want centers. Uh, they need somebody to likely replace Kyle, um, the kid from Wisconsin. Kid Miles, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. They need somebody to replace him. So I think they'll look for a center, you know, slash uh, guard, and uh, certainly that's been their pursuit. 
I asked Tom this earlier. I know you guys did the smash together. For those that missed it, go back and watch Michael and Tom talking last night on the Sunday Smash. Really curious. Uh, the total that we're looking for in the transfer portal, I think Tom and I mentioned it was like somewhere between seven and nine players. Do you think it could go over that, or do you think that's about right? I think it could go a little under depending on who returns. You know, if if somebody like say a verse or a love it returns, well, it's going to knock you down because if you got verse, you're not going to likely take another defensive end. And then if verse doesn't return, I think they'll add a defensive end. The same thing with defensive tackle, they likely could add another guy regardless uh, whether you know favorite returns or not. But that really dictates kind of what that number is. It might drop down to one or two. But I think that number's pretty uh, pretty accurate. And they're looking at a safety, of course, right? They got to be. Yeah. Yes. Do you think that we're going to hear anything from a safety in the near uh, future here? <laughs> well, they had. <laughs> uh, we have to see some guys getting on campus first. Right. But, right. Right. Uh, um, but as far as from the portal, but I, I definitely they had a kid on the campus this weekend, Conrad Hussey, he's a four-star high school kid from uh, from Aquinas that is certainly. Uh, you know, coming in that came in for a visit, grew up an FSU fan, so that's kind of their main target. But I definitely think they would like to get a safety from high school and a, a safety in the portal. So that's definitely their focus as far as bringing one in. But right now, there hasn't been one that's visited. Um, but I think uh, they're working on that as far as this week visiting a lot of kids because you know practice not coming and all that stuff. So uh, we'll practice. You know, done and seeing the coaches on the road, I think uh, you certainly they're going to have a lot of options of guys to look at. You know, throughout the week uh, at the safety position. Always appreciate it, Michael. Keep it uh, keep it working for us. Appreciate you, and we'll bring back on in the next big name that uh, commits, which will be good. Be in an hour, who knows? <laughs> Later, <laughs> thank brother. you guys. All right, take care, Michael Langston. Obviously, you can read all of his stuff on Warchant.com. He is on top of it for recruiting. We've got it. Uh, Kind of locked in right now. It's, it's it's exciting. I see questions in the chat. I try to get to some of you guys in here because the news comes fast and furious. I'll circle back around in a minute. Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. Welcome back to the Jeff Cameron Show, sponsored by Legendary Home Loans, a mortgage experience designed around speed, simplicity, and customer service. Before you buy your next home, contact our friend Shannon Young with Legendary Home Loans. Visit fsuhomeloans.com. FSUHomeLoans.com. All right, let's catch up. I am woefully behind. Many of you have asked questions. Many of you have also contributed to the cause. And I (laughs) I don't mean to overlook folks. I'm awful about that sometimes. We get carried away. Gordon writes, hey, guys, just want to say thank you for all the work y'all put in. We greatly appreciate it. Anyways, enjoy some beers on me. You Buck fans are going to need it. Go Niners. <laughs> Woo! Yeah. No, it, it gets easier to accept um, when you kind of see it's coming. You kind of knew it was coming. It's also easier to accept when you win it. And we did. Yeah. That's the thing. That's the whole thing. You know, there was that deep shot you could have had against Mahomes in the Super Bowl, and you didn't hit it. So... Mm. Maybe you should yeah. have a beer and think about that a little bit. Wow. Wow. My man TPE. Woo! Jeff must have been relieved to hear that. <laughs> uh, volcano had de-intensified. Uh, yeah. Mauna Loa. That's an inside joke. Chad writes. Woo! 
half a hundred for that ass weekly. Did you pop the sound system? Did it, you hear that? I, I, I was. I wanted to make sure I hit the the woo the way Chad wrote it out. Z Chan wrote, "Boom!" There it is, Z Chan. Holy Jesus! Thank you very much. How long can verse and love it wait again? Writes Florida man in Texas. Well. How long can they wait? How long can you wait? I mean, they can mm-hmm. wait all the way through uh, the bowl game, right? How long can you wait? They can uh, they wait longer than you can. I wish they would make a decision. I'd like them to. All jokes aside, I agree. It, it would be nice. Yeah. I, like, I get it that you're playing in the game. Jared, specifically. I get that you're playing in the game. And Fabian I... graduated this weekend, so congratula- congratulations to Fabian and all the other graduates out there. So he had bigger fish to fry. Great photo of him and his young son. Yeah, it's great. In his arms outside of uh, the Civic Center. But this would be a good week to know, considering that they've got numbers that they want to play around with here at the coaching staff I think the coaching staff and those that need to know probably already do. So we'll go from there and see what happens. If they're actively pursuing. Okay. So does that interest you? Because they're making a push for an interior D lineman beyond the one they already have. They need to anyhow. But they're not pushing for it. There's no defensive end talk at present. I feel very good about that situation. Do you? I have for a week. Okay. I've alluded to it. I think there's a good chance that Jared Verse comes back to play football at Florida State. Chapter and verse. Uh, oh, Jesus. I think there's a good chance. Doesn't mean he's going to. I'm not telling you it's done. I'm not implying that I know of a deal that's in place. I'm not saying that because people are going to read into this and think that I I am. But I do know some things, and they favor Florida State in terms of retaining the services of Jared Verse. Now, you know, this is a this is a a situation that changes by the by the day. Uh if you get information from the league that better informs your decision, you're gonna wait till you have all of the information necessary to make a life-changing decision like that. So, you know, let's, let's let's just wait it out. I understand what the young man's waiting on. Noel Kev, sorry, I, looked, I didn't mean to overlook you either. Welcome to the weekly game of who does not want to win the NFC South. Well, I'll tell you who does want to win the NFC South and might is the Carolina Panthers, and they've played some good football lately, and I would argue that if you're the Carolina Panthers, just announce it now. Steve Wilkes is your head coach. That guy has done an amazing job of turning around a franchise that had nothing to play for. They had fired their head coach. Guys were getting, there were fights internally. They didn't have anything to play for. They don't have, they still don't have a quarterback. They traded away one of them who happened to win the Rams game the other night. Scoring more points than Tampa, and they've had, I think, 22 quarterbacks this season. But, I mean, they went on the road against the Seattle team that's been kind of the darling story of the league this year, and they go out there, and, and he's 4-4 four and four since he took over a situation that was a nightmare. They ought to just make him the head coach. They play hard on defense. They stop the run. They do run the ball. They've made. They've got a blueprint. to. They could, if they win, by the way, they, they already beat the Bucs, so they can win the division, and I kind of get a sense they might. Yeah, the... Um... The big game for Carolina down the stretch is two weeks from now. They play the Lions. That's going to be a a, That's a hard game because that's a good Lions team. That is a very good Lions team. If Tampa's got to beat Carolina head-to-head pretty much unless the Lions beat the Panthers. It's coming coming to a head here because Tampa has tiebreakers 
in the division and in the NFC if... But they wouldn't against Carolina. If they split with Carolina, they would have the better record in both. So a win over Carolina for the Buccaneers puts them in the absolute driver's seat without anything else happening. But if Carolina runs the table outside of the Bucs game, then that pretty much makes Week 17 the penultimate game of the year for the division. It's crazy. I, uh, I've i rather enjoyed uh, what we're getting into now with the, the stretch run. This is a fun time in the NFL because... With a lot better teams than Tampa and Carolina. Yes. That's for sure. And it's cool to see Detroit be decent. How about that? They're pretty good. They're downright pretty good. You, you just don't want to play them right now. They're pretty good. They've got weapons. I mentioned it before. Goff is playing really well. Uh, he's having a better year than Tom Brady. Uh, Jared Goff is is having a better year than several quarterbacks that get mentioned on the regular. So I would not have guessed that was going to be well, the case. And they've hardly been at full strength at receiver. And he's still had a better year. Yeah, he's got back-to-back games, Jared. I thought this was the case. I saw this yesterday. Jared Goff now has back-to-back games with a passer rating over 115. His passer rating over the last five games is over 107. He's completing nearly 70% of his passes in that time frame. He's playing well, and he goes down the field. Bravo, Jared Goff. I thought you were done. I root for these redemptions. It's good to see. If you if you were picking uh, the playoff teams now that could win it all, because we do also do this thing about we know who's going to the playoffs, who can win it all? All right, well, can I'm not saying is the odds on favorite, but they are built to, to to have a chance to win it all. You think they can? All right, in the NFC, you want to name the teams? Here we go. The Eagles, mm-hmm. number one on that the list. shorter list in the NFC. Yeah, so the Eagles are on that list of teams that could win it all. Mm-hmm. I think the 49ers are on that list of teams that could win it all. Yeah, if you could promise me some semblance of health, which they hardly ever have. Well, Debo Samuel, it, 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 it's looking like he'll be back in time for that first round of the playoffs. If that's yeah. the case, that's a big deal. Purdy might not even play Thursday. Well, and they play really good defense, so they're always in games no matter who's playing quarterback, and they aren't really quarterback reliant. No. So the 49ers are high on that list. That's two. Is there a third? The Cowboys? You think the Cowboys could win it all? they got to win three games in the playoffs at least? Uh, who's their quarterback? Well, yeah, be my question, well, first it'll of all. be Dak, but it's, it's, it's dicey. It's dicey. I think, I think you know, the, the exact opposite situation. Dallas and Minnesota. Puncher's chances for both, but they need a lot of things to go right. Both of them do. The thing is that Minnesota could be in a position to play home games until the Philly if they find a way to close it out. Well, I'll say this. I don't think Minnesota's going to win the Super Bowl, can't win the Super Bowl. I wouldn't put them on the list of teams that could. I'm just saying, no, I think they're at the same level as Dallas in terms of not could, but puncher's chance. Puncher's chance. You yeah. put them in there, you'd put four in then that you yeah. think could win yeah. it all? because Minnesota could outscore you. You know, if they get hot in a, in a given game, they could outscore you. That's that's their path. Dallas is 20-17. to 17. That's their path. Uh, it's a weird game. I mean, they did whatever they wanted against Minnesota the last time, but that was a regular, you know, a couple weeks ago, whatever that was. Was that a week? Well, I'm not head-to-head. I'm yeah, just yeah, saying yeah, that yeah. They're, they're, that's the way that they're building. Mm. I don't know that I would put either one of those teams in there that I think can actually win it. They can beat you in a playoff game. Yeah, the question with Philly is how much of it is that they've had such a favorable schedule that they are bloated by two or three wins. Yeah. We, we don't think anybody in the NFC South can win it. 
we think that maybe nobody in the NFC North could win it, but if you're going to take a team from that, you would you take Minnesota over Detroit? Yeah. Mm. Detroit's still got nine losses. Seven losses. They're, they're six only and seven? They're six and seven. Oh, well. And they've played really well lately. Got to get my eyes checked. Yeah, no, they're six and seven. They could... They're an interesting team. Philadelphia is 12-1. Dallas is 10-3. and um, Philadelphia, we, we feel good about it. The AFC, this is a more... This is an interesting discussion. Uh... Kansas City obviously could win it. Buffalo could win it. Yes. Uh, Cincinnati could win it. Yep. Three guarantees right there. All three of those teams could win it. Bengals, that win over Kansas City Bengals. heads up. Yeah. Well, and the Bengals are good. Just straight up, they're really good. It's amazing how much of a difference Jamar Chase makes, too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and they got healthier and they got better. They were 500 eight weeks into the season. And now they're like, get you some. And Joe Pro is awesome. He's Awesome. I mean, they had everybody out yesterday except for Chase. He's like, sing, 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 suck it. I love it. Uh, we don't think Miami could win it all. No. Jets couldn't, but they're a fun team. You don't want to play them right now. Patriots win tonight. They'll be in as of right now over the Chargers. Healthy Chargers? Healthy Chargers. Healthy Chargers. Bosa comes back. Let's you know, say. But you know what they'll do. They'll they'll dom- they'll do what they did the first drive last night. They'll go up and down the field, and when it comes time to finish a drive or convert a fourth and obvious, like a little sneak, yeah, they'll fumble the snap. Char- Chargers, we don't think could win it. They're not a team you want to play. Kansas City, yes. Jacksonville, Tennessee, Indianapolis, Houston, no, 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 no. But good on you, Jacksonville. Starting to play better. Starting to play a lot better. That was something yesterday. They put a thumping on Tennessee. Yeah, old Lawrence. He's starting, to, he's starting to look like he can play a little bit. But you know what? I'm going to take credit for a moment. That career started exactly, it's gone the way I thought it would. I thought he was going to throw a ton of picks to start his career just because of the way he played at Clemson, which is predetermined go, predetermined go. He, he also threw, got screwed by having a head coach that's a moron. He did, but a league leading 17 picks last year. I, I almost don't count last year. I mean, Urban Meyer, for Christ's sakes. I mean, that's, what are we doing? I don't think Baltimore can win it. So I'll say Cincinnati out of the North. This is fun. It's gonna. We'll have to do uh, some sort of in-house wagering. Obviously, Director Matthews, the one with the dog in the fight at twelve and one, thinking that this is it, Super Bowl run here. In fact, with the best record in football, all that's left for Philadelphia to do is win the Super Bowl. Just don't choke this away, guys. Can't choke it away. Just give him some Delta Eight. Oh, we say goodbye for the day. I'll get you back tomorrow, Tulula. It's been real. Peace.